This is Up The Creek, the definitive Jonathan Creek podcast with your host, my good friend Daniel Krupa, and me, Gav Murphy. Today, Jonathan and Maddie are investigating the death of Dr. Elliot Strange and trying out ergonomic desk chairs. So, in every episode of this podcast, we analyse Jonathan Creek via the effect, the method, and the reveal. Daniel, what is the effect of the House of Monkeys? Renowned oncologist Elliot Strange is found dead impaled on a 12th century samurai sword inside his locked study. It's only a bloody locked room mystery, mate, isn't it? Second one this season. Oh, God, they're good, aren't they? How has there not been a Jonathan (laughs) Creek-themed escape room? For all for all the escape rooms, I've seen all the bad themed escape rooms, and I've not seen a Jonathan Creek one. Um, Gav, I think you know the answer why, because there's only one man that could get out. <laughs> I did an escape room in the back of a fucking van that was apparently Houdini's van. To be fair, it was very good. But how I, how can I do that? But I can't do a Jonathan Creek escape room. We've done a bunch of escape rooms together. We've done a, a Tomb Raider themed one, technically, like a Resident Evil one. Well, what other escape? We've done a couple of escape rooms like that. And we've smashed them all, mate. We've done amazing at <laughs> them. Um, <laughs> so how, how are we not allowed to do this? What? <laughs> Could you have monkeys in it? Probably not. Probably not. Not like this. I've When I was growing up, I felt like that this was such a realistic looking gorilla. And when you watch it back, you're like, oh my God. That is, that is a... It is pretty bad. I don't think it's too bad in the wide shots, but anything with his face is just mad. Because the, the face looks like a human face. It looks like Islander Dr. Moreau. Um, it looks like a human face just uh, that's been photoshopped onto a gorilla. It's very odd. Like they trapped a child inside a gorilla. <laughs> yeah, that's what it looks like. Samson. It's a good house, though. It's a good gothic, remote, rural British house. I think that's got a lot of atmosphere. You get a lot of mileage out of that. The House of Monkey thing is weird because... It's never really explained. There's a line that says he went through an anthropology phase. It's never really explained because the only thing that we know about Elliot Strange, other than the fact that he's dead in a room, is that he doesn't care about animals. And he doesn't he put, to he a degree, put science yeah. before the animals. You can I can see his point maybe, to a degree. Hmm. We put the welfare of a laboratory mouse above a treatment for tumors. Because he believed in what he was doing and said so. He was not a very popular figure with the so-called animal rights fraternity. If it means finding a cure for cancer, testing some mice in a lab, I feel like most people would be okay with that. As Did he find it? That's not like putting shampoo in a rabbit's eyes. <laughs> for a laugh. For a laugh, just to have nicer hair. <laughs> like, he's finding a cure for cancer. Yeah, so we've got him dead in a room with a bunch of different things that have happened. There's, like, shown straight from the start, there's a lot of shots close up of a sort of samurai armor with a very, very sharp sword that seems to fall about the place. Yeah, so he's stabbed in the back. That's how he's found in this locked room. Um, I think it's an interesting one because the route into this crime is entirely through Jonathan. Yeah. So the connection is Annette Crosby's character, Ingrid Strange, is a physician that used to work with Jonathan's mother. Yeah. We actually get her name, Dr. Sally Creek. Yeah. We know his dad is professor of epidemiology. Yeah. In Philadelphia. His mum is also a doctor. Sounds like she was a practicing GP with Ingrid Strange. 
and she get uh, she's doing Jonathan's regular checkup or semi regular. He hasn't had one for three years now. Have you ever had one of these? No, and also he's younger than we are now. Shit. Have you had that one yet? Prostate one? No, I haven't. That's probably a good idea to get one done, isn't it? I don't know what what's the age that you need one then. I thought that's more of a fifty one. I thought we're we're now balls. That's what we need to be watching now. Balls. Don't feel but just go get everything checked. Go get but also in in America definitely you get like a physical, like a yearly physical. I it's very different in the UK. Like I, I don't think particularly my doctors, if I went in, I was just like, give me the works. I want to leave here having had a finger up my ass, please. They're like, this is GPs, mate. He was like, can you please get out? <laughs> Have you ever done the cough thing? Um, well, I've been to a sexual health clinic where that happens, yes. What does that uh, prove? Uh, I think it's that they fall properly. Right. <laughs> and they go back in, because they're meant to like go in and out properly. Good action. Um, yeah, yeah. That's how Jonathan gets into this mystery, just falls in his lap, so to speak. Yeah, it really does, yeah. <laughs> falls up his ass. <laughs> That's lovely. On your side now. Knees up to your chin. So, you've still got all your monkeys? Yes. 14 and 15th expected shortly. Plus our son and his wife. And they call it evolution. That's all champion. There's a tissue there if you need it. The method that Dr. Elliot Strange uh, was killed was there was a self-address envelope sent to him by he what he thought was a fan and is laced with a lethal hallucinogenic that makes him go bananas, as it were, inside uh, his room. But we get we do get a couple of clues throughout. So fr- from the start, we've got the tape, which is him just screaming, the sword, which is jammed in his back. Uh, and then there's this sort of nick on the desk that Jonathan is just obsessed with, as well as then footprints, like really high up on this bookcase. Jonathan doesn't understand why there's a drop of blood on the edge of the desk when he's been stabbing the back across the room. Mm. It's weird. It's, there's no reason for his blood to be on the edge of the desk. And the footprint on the shelf, which the police entirely miss, <laughs> Again, I will say for the police in this episode, they're wearing gloves. Yeah, that is good. But they are not checking shelves. So, you know, yeah, it's good that you've got gloves on now, but what's the point? Yeah. <laughs> but then we also get Maddie and Jonathan staying over and uh, Jonathan weirdly attacked by Samson, who is nice as pie one moment. And he said, go and ape shit the next. You get this in a few of the episodes so far where there's this like mid to late point additional weird thing that happens, whether it's another murder, whether it's uh, Zola's body appearing. It's like this additional layer to the crime. But this one's quite good. I think it's quite organic because this one actually unlocks the initial crime because they're both acting in strange ways and it kind of unlocks the whole thing that it's all down to this envelope because early on that we realised that Samson has eaten one of Elliot's manuscripts. But also, they like have a go at Samson for eating a manuscript, but you're also feeding him letters. Yeah. You can't feed him a letter and then get annoyed at him when he eats a manuscript. You're kind of encouraging that bad behaviour, aren't you? It's like, well, he does really love the letters, to be fair. It's like, also, should he be really be eating stuff that you don't know where it's come from? Just give him food. Just give him, yeah, he's starving. That's why he's eating anything. Wait, is he eating a Barclays letter? <laughs> yeah. I love that Elliot's like, yeah, fucking eat that. I don't care. 
I don't want it. <laughs> Thank you, Elliot. It's bad enough that he chews up half the newspapers. And anything that's left in my entry. He had an entire thesis on subdural hematoma yesterday. Anyway, it's uh, an application for Barclay card. It's not carcinogenic. What I think is genuinely brilliant about this episode is the hallucinogenic results in behavior that is so unpredictable and wild it makes the crime more fantastical than it needed that than it than the person who did it thought it would be even yeah because the person who sent the letter which is a person called tyree yeah who is a 23 year old radical with conviction you don't really hear much about them that's by the by (laughs) but uh, um that's just in like the epilogue they didn't know he would lock the room no. Which makes it into a lot room mystery. They wouldn't they didn't know he would react in such an intense way that he thought there would be an intruder and that he would lodge the samurai sword in the desk and then impale himself so it would look like a murder. Yeah. So it adds all this level of complexity that makes it way more a Jonathan Creek crime yeah. than it would have done. The only thing is, if that hadn't happened, would it have been more obvious how he was killed? Um, yeah, because if he just opened, if he just had a letter in his hand and he just died at his desk, <laughs> you might look a bit more closely. Like, oh, what did he just do before dying? Yeah. Also, don't they do like toxicology reports and things like that they on should. any dead person? <laughs> um, because yeah, isn't the the idea that he like they say at the end like that they were going to poison him with some bad acid and that was it? But then this all this other stuff that they could never have planned happens. Um, but surely then they they are going to get in trouble for poisoning someone. But then if he's a young radical, maybe that's what he wants. I think they say a lethal dose. So yeah, I think the plan was always to kill him, but it just has all these like unforeseen consequences. <laughs> like Jonathan, when he's bringing it all together, he says it just doesn't make sense because mm. it doesn't make sense as a murder. Yeah, because all the facts don't align. Because if it was a murder, why would you lock the door? Yeah, but if it was a suicide, why would you make him commit suicide in a way that doesn't look like suicide? Sword through his back. So it's kind of um, puzzling in lots of different ways. But I do think it's quite hard. I don't think that makes it messy. No, it just makes it interesting. I don't think there's a possible way that you could have worked it out. But I don't feel unfulfilled by it either. It's not like a ugh groan. Do you know what I mean? You're like, ah, groan instead. It's just constantly pointing in different directions. We don't get, as you say, it's like a strange structure to this episode because we don't get like a wild epiphany. We kind of get a little zoom on Jonathan's face as he's looking through Elliot's bin. But that's like 20 minutes before the end of the episode. It's not like, right, we've got this now, the wrap up. Yeah, because it takes a lot. It's a quite a drawn out revelation scene we can get on to now but then i also think this episode is also a service to a lot of maddie and jonathan stuff yes it's almost the crime in the main episode it's not playing second fiddle to that but it does make way Mm. for that stuff yeah but you know as well that we've talked about in some episodes where jonathan finds a clue and it feels like it's a clue even though it's made out to be quite a big thing actually it's quite a small part of it I feel like that's a similar thing with Kathy Strange and Elliot's affair. That's kind of made like it's going to be a really much bigger thing than it is. When actually, you take that out, nothing changes. Is that actually just there for a bit of comedy? Yeah. Have a bit of mucky, few mucky lines. <laughs> yeah. It's classic Renwick. Kind of strange, that entire thing, because it's not, it's not a lot of it. And I, I, you take it out and it doesn't affect the storyline whatsoever. No, because they could still get to Kathy in the same way. They still get to Kathy in the exact same way. Yeah. Um, which is kind of strange. 
the reveal though um is like proper with the police i love it and <laughs> i love how the police even though presumably they're there well they're there to interview kathy about it i love he just goes i know who murdered him if anybody cares <laughs> i really like it i like how again more good police how dismissive this is um di masterson is of jonathan even when he's explaining it, she just can't be arsed with it. She's just <laughs> disinterested. And he, he just says the intro. It's quite obvious he's going to say more. And she just goes, oh, good. And then Maddie just goes, I think there's going to be a little bit more. I think there's a little bit more, mate. Come on. Uh, uh. <laughs> I also like when he reveals um, about the letter, what's on the like the tab that he licked. The other policeman goes, poison. Yeah. <laughs> And then when Jonathan says, like, oh, probably some hallucinogenic, he's like, yeah, it's still poison. That still counts as poison. You got poisoned. I'm going to write poison. Uh, <laughs> uh, I really like uh, him and uh, and Ingrid sort of like, little exchange back. It shows that they're, like, the smartest people in the room. Oh, that's a really good little moment. Where she kind of works it out just before he's about to say it. She's like, oh, okay. And he's like, exactly. Oh, but then he, precisely. I really love it. I think she's really good at it, Annette Crosby. I like to think that's a bit what Jonathan Creek's mum's like. Yeah. <laughs> Do you think it all kind of ties together? Do you think it makes sense? I think the mechanics of what happens is is really good because the wild stuff is actually an accident. Yeah. Like the, the sword stuff is an accident, wasn't intended. So I think that is actually kind of cool. I think the motivation by the person doing it is weird. And the wrap up, the, this is all about the victims and Jonathan and Maddie. There's actually no present villain in this. Yeah. So I think that's really unsatisfying. The fact that there is this Tyree, 20, Tyree, don't even get his surname. Yeah. Or her surname, 23-year-old radical with convictions for drug tra- trafficking. Like, who is that? Yeah. That's unsatisfying. I don't know if the radical with a cause actually sounds like they're just insane poisoning someone. <laughs> but if you're poisoning someone for experimenting cancer research on mice mm. i don't know I, I don't think that bit holds together narratively no. but i think the central mystery is quite fun whatever the truth is if what happened in that room jonathan will fathom it he's got like this incredible way of juggling things in his mind so we've talked about the effect, the method, and the reveal, but as we well know, there are other elements which make up every Jonathan Creek episode, starting with the thing that's dated the most. Um, I've got a couple of things here, um, starting with maybe referring to things as the Far East. I don't, I don't think I've, I've, I've heard it referred to as the Far East for quite a while. What you call it now? Over there. Yeah. <laughs> Them. Um, I feel like you would, I feel like right now we're, we're, a, we're a people that are well, a bit more traveled and we would refer to it like individual places rather than when he was traveling the Far East because that's quite a strange, that's a big net that they're casting. Be more specific. Not just the East. Um, At least he didn't say the Orient. Yeah. Uh, what have you got? I've got two here. I've got computer search time. Yes. It takes 
a ridiculous amount of time for Jonathan to search 147 files. So long, it cuts away and there's an entirely different scene and it comes back and it's still searching. <laughs> it's 147 emails. Well, address books. And the other one I put, because I think this is a, a much bigger thing when we were younger, mm. is a stamped self-addressed envelope. Yeah. And we, like when we used to watch kids TV, if you wanted to like send off or something, you would be asked to include a stamped self-addressed envelope. It all adds up, Daniel. Yeah. And that's a major <laughs> plot point in this episode. That It, it is the murder <laughs> weapon. Is a stamped self-addressed envelope. There's nothing more 90s than a murder weapon being a stamped self-addressed envelope. <laughs> yeah, I think that I think like floppy disks as well can like lump in with that computer stuff. Um, the idea of bad acid, maybe it was a moral panic or something like that, but I remember the idea of being afraid that I was going to take bad acid. And this is when I was a child, when I wasn't taking acid. So I just, I, it's that one of those things where like you're irrationally afraid of. And it's like, oh my God, what if I take some bad acid? I think people were saying that you were getting, things were getting laced with bad acid, like Halloween treats, like the same kind of weird urban legend of like going into a, a cinema and sitting on a pin that had uh, AIDS blood on it and stuff like that. It's like those really weird little school playground urban legends. Legends, but one of them was bad acid. It's like, oh, don't don't eat this. It's got bad acid in it. I remember when we were kids that there was like it was a lot. It's the same thing. There was a moral panic thing about um, ecstasy. Mm. I remember all the time when we were kids, there was stuff on the news about like a young person dying from ecstasy all the time. Yeah, it's like terrified. I feel like that's still lodged in my brain now. Even as an older person, it's like anytime just eating sweets. Yeah, anytime that I come across drugs, being like, what if it's bad acid though? You're like. You've been watching too much Jonathan Creek, mate. Have you seen House of Monkeys, mate? <laughs> yeah. He's on bad acid and you've planted the idea of House of Monkeys. <laughs> and he starts swiping at the room. I've got a lot of fun, um, most British things, but they're mostly uh, swear words and words. That's what I've got. Um, bollocks to that. Yeah. Calling someone, you cocky sod. Sod is, n- is never used outside of the UK. Uh, I don't think that. And uh, also referring to money as dosh. <laughs> and that's a very British thing. Oh, maybe you should break this out as British vocab section. Yeah. <laughs> Learn British through Jonathan Creek. To Jonathan Creek, yeah. Um, what have you got for the most British thing? Maltesers. Because I've had the American equivalent of Maltesers, which are called Whoppers, and they are shite. Oh, no. Whoppers. I don't want a Whopper. You don't want a Whopper. Um, they're really powdery. Maltesers are fantastic. And Maddie's got a load of them in her freezer. Why is she eating them so quickly? She loves Maltesers. Why wouldn't you eat them quickly? They're better. But she's eating them really quickly and they're frozen. I think she's established in previous episodes. She eats when she's um, nervous or anxious. Ah, uh, yeah, she has actually. Some people really like cold, hard chocolate. I don't. I, mm. like, it. I like it room temperature. My mum used to put um, Maltesers in the freezer. I don't get it. But Maltesers are... Very British. I love Maltesers. I'm, I'm a big fan of that. This for the section that we call is that all right. I, I think this is one of the first times that it really gets sort of hammered home, and it's them being a little bit uh, fat shamey about Maddie because there's a couple of instances on of it. Um, because Jonathan has been to Ingrid and he's had a physical and. You know, she's said maybe his heart rate's a bit uh, irregular, so that he should be taking regular walks. And 
even when he introduces the idea of going for a walk to her, he, he kind of alludes to her uh, being a bigger lady. I said, she's like, he says, well, I shouldn't be knackered coming up these stairs. And she says, well, I'm all the time. He said, yeah, but you'd expect to. And you're like, what have you just said? That's awful. And then when they go for a walk, it's obviously whatever the walk is, he's still fine. Like he's a bit out of breath. He comes home and like necks a bit of Heineken. That's weird. Mm. But he comes back and he just like needs a big swig of Heineken. It's really strange that, isn't it? But she is really out of breath, really sweaty, completely red. Um, I think that's a bit of a piss take on her. It's actually, I've written in my notes, it's really horrible. He says to her, Jesse, you know when you leave a beetroot in the larder too long and it goes all sweaty? Yeah. And I've written, he's swigging lager and insulting a woman. Yeah. Who are you? Yeah. You're not, you're not my Jonathan Creek. Yeah, it's a bit much that, isn't it? And this still carries on as well. When we get to the house of monkeys and someone has been murdered, they're all sitting around eating dinner and they just show her stuff in her face really like quickly. And then everyone kind of, he kind of looks at her and she's like, uh, I've got no appetite, actually. Oh, it's horrible. Like, leave her alone. Let her yeah. eat her food if the, she wants The bit to. earlier on when he says, like, oh, well, you'd expect to. If you look at that scene, Maddie registers a really sad face. Oh. There's a really sad expression she has. Um, mm. This is actually just a little by the by. In those scenes in her kitchen, do you... I did this last week. Do you see what it said on her fridge? I did write this down, actually. It's really odd. It says Trev. Yeah, Trev and murder. She murdered Trev. <laughs> really strange. Did you see in last week's episode, it's something, it says like Klaus, like Adam Klaus. So I think it's, um, I couldn't get the definition on mine. Um, it's how it says Klaus. Yeah, maybe they're fucking about. Renwick's trying to tell us something. She murdered Trevor. What if we write an episode of Jonathan Creek where it turns out Maddie killed people? Yeah, she's the one that did it all. I think I'm bang up for it. Um, should we open up the grot cabinet? couple of little things in this uh but i think my favorite one is not overtly grotty but i think it's a very renwick style one foot in the grave which is amazing because annette crosby who plays who plays english stage from one foot in the grave margaret meldry i love her saying to him you always did have an inside out way of looking at things while she's got his her finger up his ass <laughs> <laughs> that really made me laugh i was like that is very british and very lovely i'm into that big into that what did you have in the grot cabinet what would you like to put in there weird fixation on sex on the chair and the hydraulics this is my line of business jonathan orthopedic office systems if you want a state-of-the-art power assisted swivel with dedicated desk control this is the one you've got your variable height and tilt individual foot support and lift yeah Reminds me of the gynecology ride at Disneyland. Really odd. This chair is a weird thing. And I don't understand what the chair does. It's it's crossed between a, like an ergonomic premium office chair. Yeah. Also a wheelchair. Yeah. Because when Jonathan sits down on it, he goes flying out of the room. In it's a, room. a joke. That's straight, that's straight up Meldrew, that is. <laughs> yeah, that's a, a weird moment. It, like, he's just solved a murder and he goes <laughs> But also, like Simon Day, um, like he's like famous on the Fast Show. He's brilliant in this episode. He's so out of place, but I, I really do like it. But when he's like, "Where did you have sex?" and his wife is like weirdly Barbie for someone who's just been caught out, says, "Not in the swivel chair." She says, "We put it at maximum, uh, whatever it was." The hydraulics were wonderful. What's this chair? Yeah. Also, I've got to say, what things that date the most? Simon Day's acting. 
Yeah. <laughs> oh my. So again, he's a very British thing. He could come in a lot of categories because yeah. I know Simon Day pretty much from the fascia. Yeah, yeah. I love that his character has this weird thing of just comparing stuff to movies. Yeah. Because he thinks something supernatural has happened and he goes, he's basically implying there's a poltergeist. He goes, yeah. I'm not going to say it, but Amityville Horror. Two words, Amityville Horror. And then at the end is <laughs> he go, I'm not going to say it, but Fatal Attraction. Yeah, <laughs> it's really strange. I love, yeah, his delivery on the line, uh, <laughs> possessed. <laughs> well, they're looking at the sort of dead monkey is really, really good. Um, why Jonathan uh, or Maddie, I think it's Maddie who ends up getting the chair, why she would want that chair afterwards when you found out that an old man has had sex with uh, his daughter-in-law on the chair. I assume she's bought the same one. Right, and it's not just the same chair. That's the only thing I can think. She just goes, that sounds like a wicked chair. I want one. It can't be the same one. There's a couple of real grotty moments in that last scene there where uh, yeah, baby. she she says, I've gone right off the boil now. Oh, that is disgusting. Yeah. Nobody wants to hear a lady say that to you. She's like, no, I've gone right off the boil now. <laughs> Which says that when you're up for it, you're on the boil. <laughs> I don't, I don't want that. And then the way that he... I mean, this can kind of skirt out of the grot cabinet into our romance update. Um, when he puts his hand down her top. It's a good echo of two moments in the pilot. Trevor does that to Maddie. Absolutely, yeah. And also it's a bit like her reclining on the levitation chair. Mm. It's kind of those two moments melded together. A moment of Trevor, a moment of Jonathan. It must be something about what the BBC will let them show on a saturday night maybe you can't grow up a boob on top of the shirt yeah but hand down the shirt you can. put it down there yeah it must be something like that yeah because it's really strange got cabinet closed shut it let's shut it but i think we're kind of on it still though a little bit with jonathan maddie stuff here because a big part of this episode is dominated by the quickening of their relationship post sheena yeah in a really really big way I guess the main stuff happens after the dinner mm. where she comes to his bedroom. She looks at him so longingly when he leaves the dinner table and she goes and visits him in his room. I think there's a, before we get onto their relationship stuff, I think there's a really good interaction where Maddie picks up on the affair before Jonathan. Yeah. And I think it's really good that it shows that Jonathan is still awkward and still blind to some things. Yeah. Like, he just doesn't understand human relationships as well as Maddie. And that's what she brings to their working relationship sort of thing, yeah. Absolutely. And I, I really like that little detail is in there. But she basically says to him, shall I get in? And this is the first time we see them in bed together. We've seen several scenes of them so far this season, foreshadowing this, of them in bedrooms. The first time she gets in. Shall I get in? If you want. I didn't feel that satisfied with her because it feels like there's no build-up and she comes in and she just gets in. I, I wanted it to be, I don't know, because then they kiss and you get the music is swelling and it is really nice. But I don't know, I, maybe they, they're doing it on purpose because they're sort of subverting what you think was going to happen. But I kind of wa wanted a bit more of a build-up. I wanted to be a bit more dramatic. I tell you what, though, when you watch the, I think it's the first or the second X-Files film, um, they've the way that they show Mulder and Scully's relationship uh, 
having progressed without you, you know, without making a big thing of it. That's straight up lifted from Creek, that is. We're still on it. Absolutely straight up lifted. Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. Because I feel like this is such a muted... Well, it's got a heart rate monitor on. <laughs> yeah. Because it is really strange because they almost put them getting together for the first time to one side to keep on going with this stupid heart rate monitor joke. They were literally about to have sex for the first time. And she stops because she feels the heart rate monitor on his ear. And it's not the fact that he has it on in bed. He's got it on because he is anticipating her coming in and them having sex. And he wants to monitor his heart during. That's right. And she gets very irate because he assumed that. And he's like, well, I was right. But he's like, yeah, but you shouldn't assume it. And it's a weird thing to do. Yeah, it is kind of. But it's also very a creek. It's a very creek way of thinking about things, isn't it? Um, do you know what I thought was really good though? So that happens. She tells him to bugger off and get out. And then the next day, we you know we have everything happen with the police coming around. Maddie is so professional uh, <laughs> in front of the police and stuff. Like she's she's definitely on his side doing the reveal. I thought it was a really cool way of showing that. Yeah, okay, she's not very happy with him, sort of relationship wise right now, but she values their professional relationship mm. enough to sort of let him do his thing, which I think is really good. Also worth mentioning in this section, it could have come in Grog Cabin, actually. Uh, we see Jonathan's arse. Do we? Yeah, when he gets out, when she kicks him out of bed. Uh. She kicks him out of her bed. Are you watching the BBC version? Censored, Netflix, you can see his <laughs> arse. Yeah, you get a little bit of um, creek crack. You see the tip on, uh, on the Netflix. Creek. Yeah. <laughs> All the way up there. Uh, I do, so I do like the last scene of this series then. I do like it when, you know, they, where she's sitting on her possibly brand new chair, possibly worn in chair. We don't know. Um, and she says, we came that close to doing it. No one says doing it. When I was a kid, I thought everyone would say that. Yeah. So that's how it was referred to in a lot of the TV I watched as a 12-year-old. I just want to do it and do it and do it to those two birds at the bar. Oh, oh. You want to what? Um, he, he, he wants to do it and do it and do it to those two birds at the bar. <laughs> <laughs> I do really like... Uh... That again, sort of similar to the the conversation that happens in the bedroom, where he, she says, "And I want Gwen spoiler by being all bitchy," and he's like, "It's all right." And he's like, "What do you mean? You think I was being bitchy?" I love that. It's so funny. There's a lot of exchanges they have that, but that's like one of the best ones, I think. I love that. I think it, I think it's great that obviously we get to the end of the first season and their relationship is still very far from consummated. Yeah, but they get in. You think they get through a lot in. Five episodes. It's a good gradual build-up. You've got the two scenes of them in other like bedrooms together. It does a good job of building it up in a really um, interesting way. Interesting um, and satisfying yet unsatisfying way as well. It's more to come there. Yeah, absolutely. And where that will go. Who only knows, Daniel? On the next episode, we're on the hunt for a killer who can evaporate into thin air in Dance Macabre. Up the Creek is produced by RKG. We make videos and podcasts about games, movies, basically anything fun, including 23-year-old BBC shows about a magician's assistant who lives in a windmill. If you'd like to find out more, visit patreon.com forward slash RKG.